And my, how important that is. In fact, so go our thoughts, so go our life. We fail to realize that as a believer so often. We fail to realize that literally one day we will stand before the Lord and give account not only for our words but for our thoughts. There's four things that we will stand before the Lord on one day. I'm not talking about the judgment of heaven or hell. But there's four things that we will be, and they're all things that make our life work here. The first thing is the words we speak. One day we will stand before the Lord and we will give account. The Bible says every idle word. That, that means those words that you're talking, you're sharing, you don't think anybody's listening, anybody's caring. But God said one day, because our words are powerful. As a believer, we have to realize, man, that when we have the power to share words, we have the power to literally uh, demolish strongholds, and we have the power to really implant bombs against the enemy. So the Lord says, be careful with what you say. Do not allow anger, do not allow emotion to control what you say, the Bible says. The Bible says it's so important. So we will stand before the Lord one day and give account for our words. But not only our words, we'll stand before the Lord and we'll give account for our actions. That's why so somebody says it doesn't matter. It does matter. <laughs> it does matter. You pleasing the Lord with your life has great purpose in it. And it matters in your life. And not only does it matter in your life, but it will matter in your life to come. So it's so important that we overcome in fact, we have, you know, somebody says, I'll, I'll try. I'm trying to overcome. Well, what we need to do, we need to quit trying, and we need to start training. We've got to realize that God can train us. And a trainer, sometimes they fall short or they're not be able to accomplish. But when I realize I'm training, I'm training to get control of my words. I'm, I'm training to get control of my actions. But not only our words and our actions do we give account of, we also have to give account for the thoughts that we think. We fail to realize that. Somebody says, oh, wow, have I really messed up. Yeah, that's why, that's why we as a believer, we have to care. God would never ask us to do anything that we could not do. God would never ask us to get control of our thoughts unless God was willing to give us the power to be able to do that. So God can help us to do that. But know that we will give account. The Bible says even lustful thoughts have to be given to accounted before the Lord. But not only our thoughts, but even intention of the heart. The four things that God will judge us for one day is the words we speak, the actions that we do, the thoughts that we think, and the intentions of our heart. See, the Lord knows whether I'm being hypocritical or not. And let me see, if you're stumbling, that doesn't mean you're being hypocritical. That just may mean you're in training. I'm overcoming. I'm going to get victory in this thing. You know, it's been so many. Every day I fall. Every day I falter. But but it comes up before the Lord. What I want to come up for the Lord, that I'm willing to keep trying. That I'm willing to stay on this battlefield until I finally win this thing. Now, your battle this morning, it may be with anger. It may be with fear. It may be with frustration. It may be with insecurity. It may be with inferiority. But whatever it is, you say, I'm going to stay on this thing until I can defeat this thing. Because literally, the thoughts that we think release the life that we live. 
in the Bible, let's go all the way back to 2 Corinthians and chapter 10. It says, for the weapons of our warfare. Don't you just love that word each? I love it when God talks. When, when the Bible uses this kind of terminology, that tells me I can do something about it. I can fight back. I'm not at the mercy of the devil. See, some of you are thinking that you're at the mercy of that sickness or you're at the mercy of that bad family situation or you're at the mercy of rebellious children. I want you to know God's given you the power to fight your way out and to fight your way back. That's why it says, The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal or flesh. But they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Whatever it is that the devil has tried to build against you in your life, God's given you an authority and a power. So, honey, you keep training until you get strong enough to be able to defeat that thing for the glory of God. The next part of the verse says, We tear down arguments and, and every presumption that sets up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Now, I want you to know that's what that too is warfare terminology. As God says, I can take captive. There's some thoughts I'm going to have to take captive. If I'm going to win this thing, if I'm going to get, live the life that God's called me to live, there's some thought life that I'm going to have to take captive. Now, what that says, when it says captive, that talks about warfare. So it's talking about battle going on. It's talking about me refusing refusing to think certain things and whatever I have to do to fight against that. And God says that we, He will strengthen us to be able to take captive every thought and to bring every thought into the obedience of Christ. Amen? In fact, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. It says, Don't copy the behavior or the customs of the world. See, the world, they don't care about what they think. I mean, the world out there, they're going to think what they want to think. But as a believer, it's our position to develop the mind of Christ and to have that same mind that was in Jesus. And it may take a lifetime to do it. It may take you five years to win the battle over one issue. It may take you three years to finally work that marriage out. It may take you four years to be able to overcome that thing financially, overcome that thing in your health. But what God said, if you will keep fighting, I will keep fighting with you, and we will eventually win this thing for the glory of God. So it's all in the training. Now, now, I used to, a good friend, part of this church was Roger Bell. And Roger was a international weightlifting champion. You that know Roger, you know that he competed uh, worldwide. Man, he could lift so much. I mean, he could, he could grab like that 500-pound deadlift and just, just pull it up. Man, I would look at him so many times to be amazed. But I'm telling you, it didn't start that way. It started with Roger building himself, training to be strong enough. Honey, that devil at this time thinks he's stronger than you are. He thinks he's going to get your family. He thinks he's going to get your health. He thinks that he's going to... But you're here to tell him another story. However long it takes, I will work. I will keep training until I'm strong enough to be able to get what God has said. Amen. So it's the ability then to fight there. Now, the book of Proverbs is, speaks it so well in just one verse. It simply tells me the power of my thought. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It just simply says that I am going to live the life in accordance with the way I'm thinking. So that means I must get control of my thought life. Now, I can remember what it was right after I was saved all those many years ago. Yep, my memory will still work for there. But... uh. But all those years ago, and I can remember 
working on construction jobs, and I can remember that the old thought life was still trying to come in my life. And I can remember. I remember where I was. I remember who I was working for. I remember. And that day I was so desperate because I did not want my thoughts to make me unclean. I wanted, I loved you, man. When I accepted Jesus, I accepted Jesus with all my heart, everything in me. And I didn't want my thought life to make me unclean. And at that time, almost every other thought was a bad thought, an evil thought, a thought of my past. But I can remember standing in that yard that day and I looked up to heaven and I say, God, will it always be this hard? We'll always have to fight this, this much. And I'm here to tell you, after all these years later, you don't always have to fight that same battle because the same battle can be won for the glory of God. Now, I'm still fighting battles, but not that issue. So the Christian experience is a life of warfare. It's a Christian experience. It's the life of winning this battle and moving to that next battle and moving to the next and winning for Jesus. And every time you win something in your life, it exalts the name of Jesus and causes others to know that God is still alive. Amen. And uh, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. Change your thoughts, change your life. Change your thoughts, transform your life. Change your thoughts. Allow God to work in your thought life and allow the power of the Lord to be able to be released. Now, I, I want us to see a little secret when it comes to this because this, is, this really started out, this whole little series that I'm doing now, it started out through a deliverance series. It, it came, I was, I was challenged to do a series of de, on deliverance. What that means is casting out devils and breaking powers of darkness. But we had to start all the way because the first way that the devil tries to find access to all of our life is he tries to find access by affecting our thought life. If the devil can get you and I to think his thoughts, then he can begin to release his control over my life. So what I must do, I just got to be smarter than the devil, man. I just got to be smarter than the devil. I just can't keep playing into his trap. I can't keep falling prey to him. I've got to be small, smarter than the devil. And so by doing that, then I'm going to have to change the way I think and what I think about thinking. <laughs> now, the Bible says, notice what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Powerful verses. Are you still with me this morning? Is anybody out there with me? Hey, are we, are we going to win this thing or what? What I'm talking about, I'm starting off this series of deliverance on self-deliverance. What I'm talking about, the battle that you can fight in yourself to help bring your own freedom, to help bring your own path out. And then if you things you can't fight over, you may need somebody fighting with you. It may take someone else involved in your life if it's strong, if it's a stronghold in your life. But most people, right where they are, right where you are, you can take the Scriptures that God has already given to you and you can begin to walk through an area of self-deliverance to where that you can take that sword of the Spirit that God puts in your hand and you can begin to fight back that devil and everything that he's tried to do in your life. And let's notice what God said. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, He said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. This is God talking. He said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I want you to know that verse is so powerfully important on this subject especially. 
Because what this tells me, that God has intentional thoughts. Do you know why God only thinks good about me? Because He only allows Himself to think good about me. This Scripture right here, it says God has intentional thoughts. Most of us, we don't have intentional thoughts. We have random thoughts. It's just what... I was listening to one preacher one time. He said, any birds will have a flower over your head at any time, and just don't let them build a nest there. And that's exactly what it is. We usually don't live our life by random thoughts. Oh, it's, it's when a thought comes in, and we're not sure where that thought comes from, and before you know it, it's got us wrapped up, we're upset with somebody, and we don't even know what's going on, or, or we're bothered, or we're feeling insecure, and we have no, no idea of the truth that's involved with it at all. We've just been listening to random thoughts. God doesn't listen to random thoughts. God has intentional thoughts. And the Bible says the reason that God has intentional thoughts about us is because He's the one to bring us to a desired end. What do you desire? What is your desired end? What is the place that you want to end up with? Is it a happy family? Is it children that are blessed? Is it being financially secure? Is it to have health in your body? What is the place? What the Bible taught, taught us according to what God does Himself, if I'm going to end up there, I've got to plant intentional thoughts uh, to get me there. Intentional thoughts is the process of bringing about an intentional life. If I'm going to have an intentional... I mean, I mean, some people, man, they just live life. Well, what comes will come. What works, it works. What don't work, well, no. I just hope I don't get up in the morning and my world's wiped away. My God, how do you live through a life like that? That's not the way God wants you to live. That's not the way God wants you to exist. God wants each one of us to be able to have intentional thoughts. When you wake up this morning, your emotions is not in control of your life. But God's thoughts are in control of your life. Amen? So you wake up this morning, and a lot of you woke up this morning, you didn't feel like going to church, you didn't feel like getting up and getting dressed, all you want to do is stay in that bed and get that other hour sleep. But look at you! You lived an intentional life today. You got up and you fought against your emotions, and you fought against that to live an intentional life for the glory of God. I tell you what, God honors intentional lives. If I will live a life based on the intent that God has for me, then my life, the Bible says, will get better and brighter and brighter the way it says it. Your life will begin to get brighter and brighter. Now, if you're living by random thoughts, and if you're just living life by random, I won't tell you what, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil's out there to take you down and take you out. He's there to take you, take you out and take your family out and destroy everything that you want to. But you get up this morning and you say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm not going to let the devil take from me what God has given me. The same God that gave me is the same God that's going to protect what He has given to me for the glory of God. That's intentional thoughts. Intentional thoughts begin to stand against what it is that you feel. Let me ask you something. Do you want that loving feeling? Anybody here like to have that loving feeling? But you know, love is not a feeling. Oh, I know that it eventually moves into that. But it doesn't, it's, it, love is really a command. It's a direction. It's an intentional result. So what I have to do, if I'm going to have an intentional, if I'm going to end up with that loving feeling, I've got to start out with some loving thoughts, honey. 
I've got to begin right at the very beginning. I've got to begin to plant loving thoughts. Some people say, I don't know how to get my marriage working. Well, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about her? Or what are you thinking about him? What's going on in your thought life? That's where the power of God is, is, is working and, and building your life. It's in your thought life. What are you thinking? I tell you that I don't believe there's, a, there's not a person on this parking lot that can't transform your home by determining, I'm going to quit thinking random. I'm going to begin to have some intentional thoughts about love being in my home. And that, when, that, when that becomes intentional, then God says it can accomplish. Praise God. Intentional thoughts. The Bible says to have intentional thoughts. God said it like this in Philippians chapter 4. He said, finally, keep your minds on whatever is true. I want to ask you, what is truth? What is truth? It said here, it's what it said in Philippians. It says, you can't live a life letting your mind just freewheel. You've got to live intentional life with intentional thoughts to get you there. So what does it tell me? In, in the direction of that, God said, keep your minds on what's true. I've got to keep my mind on what truth says. I've got to, I've got to pull my mind away from what my feelings would try to tell me or what you may try to tell me or what the circumstance would try to tell me. I've got to focus in on what truth is about my life. Well, God has some wonderful truth, powerful truth. God said it's His will that I would prosper and be in health. God said it is His will that I would be able to serve Him and live for Him, be blessed by Him. Bible says I must keep my mind. The Bible says on what is true, and then says keep your mind on what is right. Focus on what's right. Now everybody can usually tell you what's wrong. God said you can dwell on what's wrong all you want to, but God said I'm looking for somebody that will dwell on what's right. One of the greatest powers to turn around any situation. It's to look at what is happening and then, but you believe what God's told you about that. Focus on the reality of the truth. It says here, keep your mind on what's right. Do not repeat what's wrong. Repeat what is right. What God's power can move on. If I repeat what's wrong, then that's what I can handle. That's what you can do. That's what life has dealt you. But if you begin to repeat what God says is right about you, what's right about your family, what's right about your job, what's right, if I will focus on what is right, then it says, and what is holy. God said, you must focus and keep your mind on what is holy. What does that mean? I'm, I'm going to have to fight some. Sure, I'm going to have to fight some thoughts that's going trying to make me unholy. I'm going to have to resist some things that that's trying to contaminate my life. That that comes on and says, "Just quit. Walk out. Walk off. You've been done bad enough." Or I can focus on. What's holy? 
I can focus on what's right. I can focus on what's true. And if I will focus on what's true, <laughs> God gave us the promise, didn't He? That so will go our life. Now the rest of that verse simply says this. He said, focus on what is true. Focus your mind on what is right. Focus your mind on what is holy. Focus your mind on what is friendly. Focus your mind on what is proper. And then the next part of that verse says, Don't ever stop thinking about what is truly worthwhile and worthy of praise. So what? If your life goes down, will that bring praise to God? If you quit somewhere in the journey, will that bring praise to God? If you stop and give up, will that bring praise to God? But if you stand on the Word, (laughs) make your stand for right. Make your stand for holy. Make your stand for what's true. Make your stand for God. Amen. Then the Bible says it will bring praise to the Lord. We're going to close this morning just kind of letting God clean up some thoughts. How many has got some thoughts you'd like to have the Lord just do a little wash up? I'm going to ask Stephen to close us in this song. And as we worship God together, what I want you to do, I want you that will, I just want you to, if you want God to do a work of cleansing, Lord, clean my mind. Lord, clean my thoughts. Get the garbage out. Let me get holy in, Lord. If that's you, I want you to step outside your door and stand beside that car. I want you to make that much stand for I want you to take those little hands of yours. I want you to lift them up in some manner toward the Lord. And I want you to believe God for the washing of water of God's Word. I want you to believe the Lord that God's going to wash it clean. God's going to wash the garbage out. God's going to wash the garbage out. And God is going to help us to clean up our minds and clean up our hearts before Him. Let's do it together. Let's do it together.